Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HR Works Podcast, brought to you by HR Daily Advisor. I'm your guest host, Josh Zygmunt, Content Director for Simplify Media. The HR Works Podcast provides clear, relevant, and actionable information on topics that matter to you, the HR professional. When you're armed with the best practices and strategies to attract, retain, and engage top talent and deliver exceptional service to your organization, HR just works. In today's episode, we're joined by Doug Seegers, head of original content at Cornerstone, a talent management system and software company. Doug joins us today to take a closer look at some of the recent advancements in corporate learning and upskilling in the workforce. Not just what learning content is being delivered to employees, but how content is being delivered to employees in the modern era. We're also going to take a closer look at a new product being introduced to the L&D market that will be a game changer in the employee experience. Doug, welcome to the HR Works Podcast. Thanks, Josh. Happy to be here. Well, it's great to have you on. So, Doug, can you get us started off by taking us through your career path and what led you to your current role at Cornerstone? Sure. This is my third career, I think, all in. Uh, I started um, I started right after college in the entertainment industry where I was a talent agent uh, for a period of time before I realized that I did not like doing that at all. Um, f- through a series of events that led me into the media licensing world and specifically um, Getty Images, I spent the next part of my career um, at several media licensing companies, Getty Images, Nat Geo, Corbis, Splash, uh, most recently Shutterstock. Um, and I ended up at, at, at Cornerstone, what I now know is serendipitously, um, through a friend of mine who worked at Cornerstone at the time. This has been four plus, four plus years ago, just over four years ago, um, and introduced me to um, the then CEO, um, Adam Miller, uh, to talk about just a subscription strategy for a content, the content business. And it was going in there, thought it was an informational, um, hey, I, I, I knew Adam personally was going to go in there and talk content, talk a little bit about how I had, uh, worked on some various subscription um, programs in the past. Um, through the course of our conversation, uh, at the time, Cornerstone was sponsoring the Los Angeles Rams. And I said, hey, you know, why aren't y'all creating uh, content with the Los Angeles Rams. I mean, they have a great story, an amazing, charismatic uh, head coach. Um, seems like a no-brainer that y'all would be creating leadership content. And Adam said, well, you're right. Uh, you'd be really great for our, our head of original content. Um, and I was like, I didn't think y'all produce content. And he's like, well, we do now. And here I am uh, four and a half years later talking to you. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that is a cool story. And, and again, a, a great unique path. Uh, so many of the paths we often share on, on this podcast, oftentimes even with, uh, with C-suite members of the HR community, but they're never, they're never linear paths. It's always, uh, really a, a unique, everyone's got their, their unique story to kind of land where they are today. So Doug, if you don't mind, tell us a bit about what you're currently working on as head of content at Cornerstone. Sure. So, uh, what I work on as head of, head of original content is basically our, our produced productions. So we have um, multiple series in, in brands, um, RIP that we're that we're producing original content. Um, it's it's really the R and D research, development, um, ideation, uh, creation, and ultimately delivery of various learning um, programs and courses. I'm not ever, I mean, you're, you're going to have to catch me if I say episodes or seasons when we, when we speak now, um, but it's, it's, uh, it's all, co- it's all content in, in learning content. 
That's great. We'll look at somebody who also came from the TV and media world. I'll certainly get where you're coming from with seasons and episodes. <laughs> so all good there. So Doug, looking at learning content, how is content driving new learning opportunities for organizations and their workforces? What are you seeing in the workplace? Well, for me, and this is going to sound a little bit self-serving when I say this, but I'm going to steal somebody else's line um, from Cornerstone that was said a little while ago. You know, content um, is the golden thread that kind of ties everything together in our organization. Um, it's from recruiting to onboarding to performance management and succession planning and, and personal and professional development. Content is, is the linchpin for for all of that. And when I say content, of course, I'm, I'm talking about learning content, but if you extrapolate that back and think just content as a whole, whether it's it's what we're, we're consuming right now in terms of this podcast that we're, that we're creating or onboarding programs or um, you know, true uh, compliance uh, related content. So for me, content is, 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 is a key driver and the linchpin for pretty much everything we do. I'm totally biased. I, I will completely admit. <laughs> Rightfully so. I think what's really interesting, Doug, is that we're seeing content delivery methods have changed so much, especially over the last few years. Absolutely with learning content, as so many of us have moved to distributed workforce models, to hybrid workforce models. But we're also seeing that everyone's working worlds are different now and we're more personalized. Content seems to be following that as well. It's not the classroom method of learning and development and teaching and upskilling a workforce through a classroom session. Now it can be really personalized and tailored to learning plans, to individuals and where they're looking to grow. Yep, totally. I, I completely agree with that. And it's interesting when I when I first joined um, Cornerstone, um, coming from outside the industry and just being a sponge and watching and consuming as much content as I as I possibly possibly could, I was like, whoa, hold on, wait, I'm watching this stuff. I'm like, wow, there's a huge opportunity to raise the bar here. Like, there's 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 like the the the, the quality um, and engagement of what I'm watching. There's just like there's some there's definitely some great stuff. Don't get me wrong. There's great. There there has been. But then I was watching. So there's a giant opportunity. I think what's happened over the last last couple of years has propelled that. Like we are we are content consumers on our personal lives. Like like it's it's crazy how much content we consume. But then we come to work and we sit down at our desk or our computers um, and it's like, wow, OK, I don't have that same expectation for for quality that I have um, when I'm flipping through the various streaming services or, or changing channels or or online searching um, social media platforms. And so I think that the overall evolution of, of content in terms of quality and what we expect um, has has changed dramatically over the last the last couple last couple of years, yeah. Um, but it was something that I definitely saw when I when I got when I got here and was looking. I was like, "Whoa, wow! Well, we can we have a huge opportunity to make a mark here." Yeah. How has learning content changed? Is is it? I'd imagine again as someone who, who's head of original content, it's not just the lesson strategy or lesson approach anymore. It's, it's probably told through storytelling and um, and, and different approaches. Uh, what are you seeing? I think you hit it right there. I think it's different approaches. There's absolutely, um, there's absolutely a need for um, uh, compliance trainings not going away. We need to have, we need to sit down. Somebody needs to watch something. And we need to know that they learned um, the learning objectives, and we we could tick that tick that box. Absolutely. Um, and there's you, just, you know 
technical training that you have to watch and be tested on in order to advance and know how to do something after you watch it. That is a very like, okay, I didn't know how to do something. I watched this video and now I know how to do it. And I can be tested against that. Um, and then I think um, when we start to move into um, uh, the power skills or professional skills and trying to not say the word soft skills because they aren't soft, um, but kind of interpersonal and communication skills, um, then we're moving into a different world. And I think um, the the format of how we consume content um, need or have evolved across all of those different types of, uh, of training. And I think there's just an expectation to meet learners where they are and treat. Like going back to the kind of the content consumer um, um, play, like really lean into that and create content that feels uh, more like the content that people are consuming um, in their personal lives. Uh, um, simple as that. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're competing for finite time within people's day, whether it's learning opportunities or entertainment content. And what's unique, what you're working on with Cornerstone is that you're really creating and kind of creating a hybrid of those two environments of a learning environment, but also trying to create content that's entertaining as much as it's educational. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at the end of the day, I tell, uh, tell the team all, all the time is like, you know, we can walk right up to that line of, I won't, of, uh, of, I won't, I, I, I hesitate to say the word entertainment because um, we are creating learning content. That is our mandate, our, our priority and absolutely what we're doing. And we can kind of walk up to that line to be like, oh, okay, um, wow, this is like, we, we can never tip the scales out of, out of learning. Um, and it's about finding that balance and making sure we're creating um, engaging content in, in formats and approaches, or I like to call creative wrappers that feel familiar to people and say, oh, okay, I know what this is. And then make sure that we're delivering the learning so that by the time they're out of that lesson, it feels like time well spent and they're walking away with something that has profoundly impacted them in some cases, but even just like say, okay, um, you know, I got it. That was good. I think I already knew that, but that was still two minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes well spent. Cause you're absolutely right. We're competing for time and attention and, you know, and we don't get a chance. We don't get, we don't get a second chance to do that if we don't deliver um, at least a baseline of, Hey, okay. I didn't waste my time. Maybe, maybe this wasn't what I'm looking for. I, or actually I need the next course because I, I, I already knew that, but that's actually really good. I'm going to watch the next one or the next five because it delivered on a promise of not wasting my valuable time. Right. I mean, if, if we've learned anything, especially over the last few years, time is so valuable and precious uh, when you can really capitalize on that. And, and again, that feeling of it being worth people's time, that's the key with any content experience, especially in a learning opportunity. Now, Doug, looking at just content learning methods and approaches, one solve that, that I see out of creating, again, unique content learning opportunities, for, and for our audience of HR leaders, this really would apply, is employee onboarding. So how can HR teams really <laughs> utilize content learning methods and tools to improve the employee onboarding process? When you've got new employees who are joining an, an organization, introducing them to not just the way things are done, but the culture of an organization as well. It seems like there's a great opportunity there. What do you think? There are, well, for sure. I completely, I completely agree. It's interesting. Um, I think, you know, we, we have this conversation a lot and we're actually working it uh, on, on a, on a, on a, uh, we actually have a series called the glossary, which is these 60 second terms, um, 67, def, 60 second 
definitions of content that's animated, it's very visual. Um, we like to say we're not doing a deep dive into a topic. We want learners to walk away with an understanding, um, not necessarily in-depth knowledge, right? 60 seconds, what can you accomplish? Um, and we pitched this at our conversions a couple of weeks ago to some clients and the over overwhelming ask was onboarding materials, right? Like, like can 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 we use that format to help with with onboarding? And I think one of the things that that um, this seems to be a common a common thread was that um, organizations sometimes forget the forget the basics. When you're talking about onboarding, you're bringing people in, you're inundating them with so much information. Um, but and sometimes like like the the basic things like. You know, when you're talking about finance terms, hey, what are you doing for your 401k? What are you, like, how much are you withholding? What's the difference between gross, gross pay, um, uh, gross pay, and net? Like some of these basic things that that we take for granted when we're onboarding, we're onboarding em, em, employees. Um, that I think content can really help deliver um, at scale a message that here, okay, watch. Watch this and then afterwards fill out your form. Watch this and then come to me with questions. If we needed to do a double click into it, we 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 can do that. Um, and so when I think about um, um, helping uh, HR HR teams, uh, a big one, and it's not just the glossary per se, but it's how do you use content to help do some of the heavy lifting or the initial lifting um, in that process that can help. Uh, um, help people focus their time on the things that that actually matter and get people up to speed quicker. Absolutely. Well, I think of so many of the challenges that teams have had onboarding in this remote era too, where you don't have the opportunity to maybe necessarily sit in a room with new employees and take the time to onboard and train. And for some teams, they're looking to scale quickly and onboard quickly, having the opportunity to create content that can help with that onboarding plan can be so crucial especially for those employees first couple of weeks as they're getting acclimated and creating a, a content-based learning plan that can really help onboard and get new employees started seems so crucial and effective where you're, again, you're not slowing down your workforce who is going full steam ahead. And sometimes, as you mentioned, forgetting the basics, you can iron those basics out through a content plan that can then help onboard and move, move ahead quickly. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt, and we and we've seen it. It's one of when when we we pitched this idea to um, our, our our clients and, and, and prospects who were in the room. It was like one of those overwhelming things. Like, yes, in fact, somebody came up to me afterwards and said, "I wish I had this at my last job because it would have saved me so many time." I can't tell you how many times I had to explain EBITDA to people. Like and if I just had one place to send them in, in, a, in a trusted place to send them where I know like, OK, that definition aligns with our company. Um, watch this thing. It tells you everything you need to know. If you still have questions, then come back to me afterwards. Yeah, no, well said. And it's, it's really, again, a smart strategy that a lot of HR leaders and HR teams can utilize as they're looking for more effective ways to onboard going forward. Now, Doug, looking at just the growth of content, it keeps bringing to mind Really, I'm thinking of fast, short, quick, consumable content. And that really just, again, speaks to me as a an opportunity to work with Gen Z. So, And we're seeing a growing Gen Z population in the workplace. 
So what is corporate learning now looking like for that growing Gen Z population who are quickly taking over this workforce? <laughs> I think, you know, it's a, a good question. Um, and I have a lot to say on this topic. I'm going to try to keep myself uh, slightly edited so, so we can get to more questions. But I think a couple of things. It goes back to what we were talking about a, a couple of minutes ago around creating um, high quality content. You think about Gen Z entering, entering their workforce. And, you know, I think I think the stat um, something like uh, by the end of uh, 2023, I think it's like 30 percent of the global um, population will be Gen Z. Right. Um, when uh, I said I, I mentioned earlier that I, I, I joined Cornerstone over four years ago, just literally about three years ago, we launched our first original learning series. That learning series is called DNA, stood for digital native, stands for digital native advancement. Digital natives are what we inside Cornerstone refer to Gen Z. And so with uh, with digital natives, as, as we all know, um, this is a generation that's grown up in front of screens, has grown up consuming content, is entering the workforce and, and going into that kind of onboard exa example that we talked about a minute ago. They're like, well, where can I watch? Where can I watch this thing? Where do I find the answer? Where, where's the video for me to watch um, so that I so, so that I so that I know? Um, and so I think that the like, the impact that that's having is a, is a great one in terms of forcing us to create content um, that is short form um, or that can be short form. It's not always short form, but it, uh, I think that is, is certainly a, a benefit when when thinking about this um, cohort specifically. It's short to the point um, is absolutely engaging because if it's not engaging, they're going to click right right out of it. Um, you need to absolutely make sure that the content that we're creating, whether it's short form, medium form, long form, whatever those definitions are for 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 whomever's listening and the content that they actually are are creating and or are buying, is that it's it's diverse and inclusive, that it's authentic. Um, that uh, that you know, Gen Z and digital natives are hyper aware of the impact um, to the particularly corporations are having uh, at a societal level. So um, I think the all of those things are, are are good to be able to put all of that into a piece of content and make sure that you're delivering what you need to deliver from an organizational standpoint and what you're training people on, whether that's um, uh, cultural development, technical development, straight up skills development. Um, it just has to, I think, uh, be engaging and, and deliver kind of what we talked about because Gen Z is quite a quite a, a a tough customer when it comes to content because oftentimes they've grown up creating content so they know what right. good content looks like and they can they can smell inauthenticity and being talked down to or or manipulated so it just has to be smart and and, and real and deliver yeah that value on, on authenticity is so crucial i love that you said that too because that, again that that seems like such an underlying theme with Creating corporate learning experiences and opportunity is really having authenticity as a company, as a brand. That's what uh, so much of the work, workforce population is now looking for. And oftentimes, that's some of what we saw going into the Great Resignation as well as a reassessment of 
personal values and the values that they want to be working for and what they want to associate with their corporation. So when you can create authentic learning opportunities, authentic training opportunities, and just authentic ways to present your company. That's just a great way to connect with your Gen Z workforce that, as you mentioned, Doug, is is quickly growing um, and, and being the, the dominant generation within the workforce and will be over the next couple of years. Yep. I, I, I don't know if you saw there was a couple a couple of weeks ago. It, was, it made a lot of headlines or a couple of months ago now, weeks and months all like kind of blur together <laughs> they, they blend at together. this stage. I, 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 whatever the word for that is, I feel like it, there, there, there's something there. But um, but Google came out with a study that was that that said and I think it was this is U.S. based, this stat, but something like um, that uh, younger people, 18 to 24 in the in the U.S., we're starting their searches on TikTok and Instagram and not on Google. Wow. That is like, that is something, you know, so when we think about the impacts to learning and going and finding content in, in those places. So Instagram stories uh, and TikToks, um, that's a real, that's a real trait. Um, that's a real stat that we have to look into when we're thinking about creating creating content for, for this generation and the next generation that's come or the next age group that's going to be entering the workforce. So, Doug, as you're creating content now for younger employees especially, but just for L&D teams, what's the content that's really resonating with organizations as they, they look to train their younger workforce? What are some of those areas, some of those topics that – actually, let me retake that. So, Doug, as, you, as teams are looking at ways to develop their growth objectives for 2023, especially focused on their younger employees, what are some areas and topics that organizations and their L&D teams should be focused on this year? Let's see. I, I can tell you we're having we're, we're in the middle of uh, we're in the middle of 2023 roadmap planning, and and when I when I say roadmap, you know, I I work um, on the original content side of the house, so that's right. all of our original production, but we also have a, a very robust um, partner. Um, network that we work with through our partnerships team, working with content creators, uh, organizations, um, partners around the world. So when we look at our roadmap, we're looking at both and saying, well, what do we need? What's performing? What are the what are the, what are our clients asking for? Um, and you know, there's some evergreen perennial topics. You know, communication, interpersonal skills training. We're seeing a lot around critical thinking and judgment, decision making, and creativity skills that begin to augment what we're seeing with artificial intelligence and, and machine learning. Um, I'll tell you that there's a lot of, you know, places where we've uh, focused on and content that we've created uh, around DEIB um, with, you know, with Grovo and our micro learning, um, a seat at the table. We have an upcoming series called For Starters. That's for DEIB training. We believe that a cornerstone, we believe that DEIB um, is a critical, being able to speak about DEIB issues in the workplace is a critical professional skill now. That's changed pretty radically um, in the last couple of years during the pandemic. Um, it's part of our lives, and we think that being able to constructively talk about it is something that, um, that organizations want and need, and, we, and that's vetted in, in the popularity of the content that we produce. So I think more training around DEIB. Um, uh, ESG training. Uh, huge sustainability is a massive topic um, around um, with, our, with our clients and inbound ass. I think probably 50% of the conversations, if not more, that I've had with clients um, in the field lately have been around 
what what do we have in terms of sustainability training at all levels from the executive yeah, to absolutely. frontline employees and it's a massive undertaking and topic and i don't think unlike something like cryptocurrency a couple of years ago like we need cryptocurrency training need cryptocurrency like and i was like ah, i don't know i think this one might i don't know but but esg and sustainability um and the overlap between esg and deib are 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 complex and nuanced and it's something that is at the top of i think pretty much the most of our our, our clients kind of planning and and positioning um and strategy going into 2023 so that's the content side of it yeah right yeah. so those are just like me throwing a, a lot of uh topical areas at you but i think the biggest thing is how do you how do you take that and turn that into a, a program or a playlist or a curriculum um, for uh, your employees, and then making sure that they know that it's there and contextualizing it for for them. Like, hey, here's what we pulled together for this particular outcome or this particular development. Really contextualizing it. Like, well, why am I watching this? And a lot of people are like, hey, that's great, but I, you know, I have I have an hour to spend, and there's three different things, three different playlists why should i prioritize one over the other so i think access and context are are huge in how we begin to think about the content that we put in front of um, employees that, that, well said and again thanks for sharing that that doug is again we're looking at just the initiatives for 2023 so many teams again are planning on where do we focus i think that's that's the the big question that so many of us ask is where do we need to focus our attention? Where do we need to focus our energy going ahead in 2023? And as you mentioned, DEIB and ESG are just such great um, and just driving forces to get behind as we go ahead into this this new year. And, and seeing that there's learning content and development content that's behind that uh, is really encouraging and a great opportunity for, for HR teams and for organizations as they go forward. Um, so now, Doug, I understand the team at Cornerstone, they recently released a new platform into the market that's going to really transform that employee experience. And it's called the Talent Experience Platform. Uh, do you mind sharing a bit more about that platform and really how it's going to change the game for learning and development experiences uh, for both HR leaders and their organizations? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it's super, super exciting. Um, I feel like like so many things are, are beginning to come together. Um, Cornerstone's Talent Experience Platform, or TXP as we, as we call it for short, um, unites our growing portfolio of learning and talent solutions into one platform, making it easier for um, organizations to adopt and integrate Cornerstone solutions into their existing technology ecosystems. That's okay. that's a that's a key point, big, a, a big deal for us. Um, all of the solutions within TXB leverage data analytics, uh, AI, skills technology. Um, with human-centered experiences, that's 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 the that's the long and long and short of it. <laughs> Great, and that just entered into the market. I believe it was in October, 2022. The, the announcement, the announcement. Um, we're coming out in early in early uh, 2020 23, as I understand it. Now, got it. Okay, myself, we'll, we'll I can get sure myself to... into tr trouble with that because I want to make sure that uh, we're venturing into product territory and outside of content territory, but yes, that's my understanding. All, all right. Well, we'll definitely keep on the lookout for that. And again, that's the talent experience platform through Cornerstone. So again, I'd encourage our listeners who are interested to certainly check out that content. Now, again, we're here with Doug Seegers, head of original content at Cornerstone. Doug, looking at just the content landscape for learning development, training, and upskilling, what's something unexpected that you saw 
develop and really change in the tr- in the skills training landscape over the past few years? Well, I I think I I'm not alone with the uh, unexpected with 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 the pandemic um, happening, and I think that what's happened over the last couple of years is just forced, like what we talked about earlier, has forced an adoption. Um, and and um, uh, let me re-say that. Yeah, sure. Um, um, yeah, maybe so. Hey, so you want to ask me again? Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> What's something unexpected that you've seen develop in the skills training landscape over the past few years? Unexpected. I think unexpected at, at, at a global level was the pandemic and the impact that the pandemic has had on, on pretty much all aspects of, of our lives. I think what has happened in terms of, of learning content um, is that it's just accelerated um, a, a willingness and an openness for uh, remote learning, digital learning, um, for kind of the, the organizations that had embraced instructor-led training or, hey, we need to get together and, and, and do a meeting, being forced to forced to, to consume content and maybe some they, they hadn't done that previously. And so I think the acceleration of, of content consumption as a whole and learning content um, specifically, um, the impacts for that, um, gosh, <laughs> how we produce it, um, how we deliver it, Thinking more global in scope and in nature in terms of accessibility um, and inclusiveness with the content that we that we create. I think it's a, like not only has the adoption increased, we've seen huge numbers um, in terms of uh, our content consumption and performance, but then also um, has made us I think evolve and be smarter and more strategic um, about the actual content that we're that we're producing. So it's, it's really, I think, accelerated what would happen naturally um, into a much, much tighter, tighter time frame, which is yeah, exciting. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It was kind of a, definitely a silver lining that came out of the last two years was it served as a big tipping point for organizations to embrace technology in ways that maybe there was apprehension to previously and see that it can work. You can operate in new formats and really embrace technology and utilize technology to propel forward. Uh, and I think that's, that's now being seen and utilized in different aspects, including learning and development. So that's great. Uh, now, Doug, what's something that our HR leaders who are listening can look forward to in the upskilling workforce development world, especially in terms of content? What's something to look forward to? Um, again, I think that the, the overall quality of, content is rapidly improving. And I, I I will certainly toot our horn and say that I think we're at the forefront of that. But I think overall, I think the quality, the quality is, um, the quality is in, improving. I think we're also seeing, um, we're seeing a move towards uh, more of a, of a, of a skills-based economy and the content that's being created um, align with skills, skills development. Um, and, and, and quite frankly, going back to the, the, the earlier question about, about Gen Z, I think it's just an expectation. It's a non-starter. Um, uh, people are joining organizations looking for, Hey, what are my personal and professional developmental opportunities here? And it's, and it's part of the consideration set to many people joining an organization or staying at, at an organization. So, um, it becomes a, um, an absolutely necessary um, um, 
uh, offering that organizations have to have for for their for their employees in terms. Yeah, of, it's it's a key uh, component of the employee engagement experience, which is so vital in this current market. I think that that's such a great way to look at it. Now, Doug, switching gears a bit, I want to look <laughs> at at what you've learned and what you've seen change over the last two years within yourself. What's made you a better leader over the last two years? That's maybe a better leader of the last years. That's a that's a great question. A bunch of things pop into my head. Not all of them necessarily, uh, you know, kind of like you know, maybe a little. Uh, so in some cases, hard to hard to hard to look at yourself in the mirror and be like, okay, I could I could really be better at this. But I think um, one of the things is I is I maybe you can pick up on this conversation. I'm I'm truly passionate about what we're doing at at, at Cornerstone and the content. That, that we're creating. I love being a part of it. I, I, I love being a part of, of it. I'm super passionate about it. Um, but I, 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 one thing I've learned is that that passion sometimes um, can translate into a, uh, um, not everybody moves at the same speed. And I think I've, I have learned over the last two years to be more cognizant of that to be more aware of the, the pace and the speed with which other people um, do or don't don't move. I'm not saying that my speed's a good thing by any stretch. I'm just saying I'm like, okay, let's do it and forge ahead. And I think in terms of what I've learned is like, um, especially because I'm, I'm super collaborative, I want to uh, bring people in and, and, and you know, content does not get made in a vacuum. It is a team effort. We have an amazing team. Um, and it's about um, it's about uh, everybody kind of working together and collaborating um, and and delivering on 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 very impactful high quality content. That sounds a little bit like a canned answer um, in a less articulate way of just saying that uh, I think the the thing I've learned the most is about um, collaboration requires communication and it's a two way street. No, it, it, that's very genuine, authentic, and thank you for sharing that, Doug. I, I, Definitely appreciate that. So one thing I also like to do in my interviews and, and for our audience is look for some advice that you lean on, that our guests have leaned on, that we could pay it forward to our audience uh, and share. So do you have any professional advice that you've leaned on throughout your career that you could pass along to our listeners that they can utilize and implement in their professional lives? Um, one nugget yes. or... Or, uh, There's actually or it's funny because you asked that because I was having this conversation with somebody on my team um, actually pretty recently. Um, there's two. The, the biggest one I think if I if I, I, I that served me very well over the years was um, and this actually came from an attorney, which is even more interesting. When I tell you what what he said to me was, you always have to start. Um, you always have to start by believing that people are coming from a good place that they're operating with good intentions every single time and every single conversation and then let let them prove you wrong don't bring your um assumptions don't bring your um uh ideas into into a conversation and i thought that was really interesting especially if you knew the person who who said this to me i was like wow that's you have a hard job and that's how you get it that's how you do it that's how you get through it is believing that that people are good and their intentions um, are are right, and that they believe it, they truly believe it. So that's the big the big one that I find myself going back to um, time and time again. 
and I guess the second one that was specific to this job, um, which I've, I find myself thinking about a lot, was um, was my manager at the time is a, said, you're coming in from outside this, this industry. Um, try to hold on to that for as long as you can and never lose your outsider point of view because your outsider point of view was, was what's going to help us make differentiated content. And I, and I, and I, and I find myself, I, find, I hear those words bouncing around inside my head quite often, actually way more than I would have thought when he said it to me, speaking of onboarding in those first couple of days of onboarding. So those would be, those would be, Two. Yeah, the two I love it. Those, and those are great ones to share. I, I really especially like the, the second one uh, and use that with, with my team. Anytime we bring new employees on, I always tell them there is such a value to coming in from the outside, especially in your first two months or so before you become not jaded, but conditioned to the way things are. You yep. see things differently in those those early days, weeks, months, and can really point out even flaws and, and weaknesses or opportunities within an operation that over time you become numb to, or you just may overlook. And I think there's a ton of value in that of, of still having that fresh perspective. Yeah, for sure. You know, it goes back to part of our, we've covered a lot, but earlier in the conversation, when we think of like just diversity of, of thought and diversity of, of team, of team members and just the power and value uh, of that is, is huge and, and tremendous. So I think you're yeah, spot on like that. that you, t- you took my outsider point of view comment and, and actually made it even better and more applicable. <laughs> well, I, happy to do it. It, it. it was a team effort here, Doug. So again, we're here with Doug Seegers, head of original content at Cornerstone. Doug, before we wrap, do you have anything you'd like to plug and share with our audience? Yeah. I, for those of you that don't know Cornerstone or particularly um, our content that we've been producing, we have some amazing um, award-winning content that I think might delight and surprise you if you're not aware of it. Um, we're getting ready to release season two. I'm going to say season two. Um, I'll get in trouble for that. But season two of A Seat at the Table, which is our roundtable conversation where we bring together professionals who don't know each other um, and, and, and sit at a table and talk around um, uh, social issues, um, issues that Sometimes they're hard to talk about in the workplace. This set of conversations, we have eight of them, are uh, I'm incredibly proud of. And the clients and employees who have seen them thus far, they get some of the strongest work that we've done. So absolutely, um, you know, on a, on a selfish level, uh, a seat at the table is getting ready to roll out. But I also encourage people to check out um, uh, the TXP on our website and learn more, learn more about that. Because I didn't mention this before. One of the exciting things in the nexus that's happening with, with the TXP in particular, is it's pulling together so much of, um, learning and skills and, and meeting people where they are. Cause the content content's only as good as the technology that delivers it. As I said before, if people can't find it, people can't consume it and watch it in a way that makes sense to them. Um, and then employers on the flip side, uh, being able to track um, what works, what doesn't work, the efficacy of content um, and tie that all to skills and professional development. Um, I, my inarticulate way of describing that right now, it's a plug for, for our, our listeners to go to uh, our Cornerstone and, and, and I encourage you to learn more about the TXP um, and 
in a, in a way that explains it much better than I did just now. <laughs> well, I, I think you need to give yourself some more credit there, Doug. I think you did a great job of, of explaining that to our listeners. And for anyone that does want to learn more, do you have a website we could send them to? Yep, www.csod.com. Okay, perfect. www.csod.com to learn more about all the Cornerstone offerings that Doug described there. Now, Doug, before we wrap, one last question for you. And this is all about motivation. When you wake up in the morning and your feet hit the floor, what's the one thing that gets you motivated to start your day? Besides coffee? Besides coffee, sure. Coffee's a, uh, a very popular one on this podcast. <laughs> um, honestly, it's it's getting our stuff out there. Like finishing what we're working on, com- like continuing to work on the content we have because we have so much that we want to do. And there's just like this whole queue of ideas and additional installments of the content that we have right now. Um, and the team that, that I get the privilege of, of working with is so passionate and um, invested in the content that we create. Uh, and it's the thing that like not just gets me up every morning, but keeps me coming back, working long hours, getting on a plane it, it, with these people. Um, it's, it's that. Perfect. Well, that's a great way to go out. That's a great motivator. And again, Doug Seegers, thank you so much for sharing that information. So Doug, thank you again for joining the HR Works podcast. It was great connecting with you, just learning about the new developments in learning and upskilling. Well, let me see. It's great just learning more with you about the new developments in the learning and upskilling opportunities within the workforce and utilizing Cornerstone products and original content to do so. So again, Doug, thank you for joining. It was great connecting with you and I hope we can do it again soon. Great. Thanks, Josh. Thank you for listening to the HR Works Podcast. Be sure to check out our new episodes every Tuesday. Follow us on all major streaming platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon Audible.